Welcome to another episode of Porch Talk. We are at the Sunstroke House in Columbus, Mississippi, downtown, and I'm with the owner, Jamie Nettles. And guys, I'm excited about this because the Sunstroke is it's a special, special home. Um, they do live music through here. They've had a two-time Grammy winner, is that right? Four-time. Four-time. Yes. <laughs> Four-time four Grammy Still winner. Still a Grammy winner. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, it's really cool to have in, in Columbus, Mississippi playing. And so we got Miss Jamie on here. So Jamie, just tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of um, where you grew up and how you got over this way to Columbus. Um, I grew up in Tuscaloosa and I went to University of Alabama in civil engineering and I have a PhD in civil engineering. And when I went to, I'm interested in hydrology. My PhD was in uh, in hydrology and environmental science, and I found the job I loved working for Weyerhaeuser Timberland. So I, I'm a forest hydrologist okay. and manage the Southern Environmental Research Program. It's just a really cool job. I love what I do, <laughs> and so we've lived here since that my kids were small. We moved over okay. here since they were small. Moved over here for work. Yes, for okay. work. So, all right, and so let's dig into just the sunstroke and it's. It's cool to be sitting in the room where these concerts and events go on from these artists and bands. So, uh, and just kind of give a little bit of flavor. Is it kind of indie or what's kind of the style? That's my favorite style. Um, there's, I could talk for a long time, kind of about the strategy of this. Most house shows traditionally have been <clears throat> singer-songwriter, either uh, a lot of storytelling songwriters, mm-hmm. and there's a uh, really lo- a longer-term house show. Uh, here that Bob Raymond does that's very well done but my style of music is my favorite music is pretty different and so I tried to mix I started out with the first people I just told all my friends you have to come to everything because Mm -hmm. you can't build an audience unless you you can't get what you want unless you come to hear everything so we started off with people that were just universally likable kind of pop very accessible music and now we've been able to, over time, we're mixing things that are people that are, like I've got, I'm super excited about in March. One of my very favorite artists, I've seen her twice. I've traveled to see her three times. Um, once weather stopped it, but my favorite, she had my favorite album of 2017. So I also had the lead singer of one of my very favorite bands this year. So it's it tends to be the indie pop my favorite american band calls itself folk punk which is kind of a weird (laughs) thing so over time is is we've had enough people come that we've been able to branch out into things like we had a celtic couple come and we're gonna they're gonna we're gonna have another celtic um singer come we've had a variety of things the main criteria is that I have to like it. There's some things I just won't do. Mm-hmm. I, won't, I just won't host that I either don't like and, or I don't have expertise in. Okay. And so those are kind of the things. If I cannot tell you if somebody's a poser or really good, then I tend not to book that kind of person. Okay. All right. And so we, we were talking a little bit earlier, just a little bit about the name. So how, <laughs> how, the, how the Sunstroke? Um, my favorite band is Australian. And I heard them on a, there's, Paste Magazine is still a really uh, influential music source, and they do reviews and things, but they used to have a CD. And in 2004, I bought just a Paste Magazine, first one I ever bought, at Books A Million. And there was a song in there from this from an Australian band called Augie March. And I listened to it and listened to it and listened to it, and one day I went, oh, this is genius. Just <laughs> fell in love with this band. And it was at a time where I finished school, my children were a tad older in elementary school. I had a little enough time to start listening to music again where for probably eight or 10 years, I just hadn't had time to Mm -hmm. really get into things. Mm -hmm. So I told myself, one day I'm gonna go to Australia, I'm gonna go to whatever little obscure bar they're playing in, and I'm gonna hear them live. And then they came to the U.S. in 2007, Great. and they had uh, they have one, they've had one gigantic hit. They came to the U.S. I heard it li- I heard it on the radio once from uh, MSU station. 911. What? Yes, that I love. Love that station. And uh, 
so I heard them live. I went to the Variety Playhouse in Atlanta, and they had a, they have the song called Sunstroke House that is weird as I'll get out. And the lead singer came out with a banjo, I believe. And he played this song just with the banjo and himself, not the rest of the band. And when he played it, something in my brain, it was like a switch, whatever, um, I don't know, endorphins or whatever, it just flooded my brain mm-hmm. and I felt like a different person afterwards. I was like, this is magic in a way I couldn't explain. So, the, but the song is called Sunstroke House, but I loved the band and got to know a lot of the fans at the time there was a forum. I'm still, I still moderate their Facebook forum and a lot of my really good friends are people I met that were fans of the band because we all have something in common. I can't really tell you what it is, mm-hmm. but one of, one of my best friends ever is Australian. I'm going to go see her in February, and I met her oh, because we were. She's been here twice. I've been there two or three times. Yeah. So, but the song is called Sunstruck House, and so my kids is a joke. Well, they started checking in. I named the Wi-Fi Sunstruck House. Mm-hmm. Then my kids' friends started checking in here at Sunstroke House. And then my daughter, as a joke for my birthday, did a sign that said Sunstroke House as if it were the name of a historical house right. instead of an in Australian the- album. So they're like, oh, yeah, this is a joke. And everybody's like, oh, was that what it was named in 1848? Because that's when the house yeah. was built. Like, uh, no, that's an Australian indie song. Yeah. So what's the name of that band? <laughs> they're called Augie March. Augie March. And they're a really a brilliant band their later stuff gets a little a little more odd but the lead singer is just a genius and like a lot of the bands I love they tend to be English majors with not the greatest voices but I don't know there's just something about it that I really like so that's been my favorite thing and so now the password comes from that the wi-fi password comes from lyrics from the song and it's just been something I like a lot and it stuck so I don't know in retrospect I would not have put the word house in it because I think for house shows having the word house it's kind of redundant well no it's just there are people I think who would play here that we're getting people who don't play house shows and I think having it on their list is sunstroke house I think I would get... It kind of negates them a little bit. Yeah, there are people who, this will be the only house show they play, and literally, and it may be better if it didn't say house. Okay. That's Just so it would look like another venue you want. It, I've learned a lot of things, and one is sold out is sold out whether it's 50 or 60 people or whether it's four or 500 or mm-hmm. whatever. And so there are people who, when I'm talking to them, I say, you know, we will sell out, and here's this. I do a ticket link, mm-hmm. and even though it's a house show, everybody who's been here has loved it. There's some who specifically look for that experience, artists, but um, mm-hmm. we get people who are above our, what we should be able to get. <laughs> anyway, so, that's a long story about the name. And so just, just here at the start, we'll talk a little bit more at the end. Um, okay. So what are some ways that people can get in contact with the Sunstroke and look at tickets and find out what's going on there's a facebook group that's called sunstroke house music we have a the instagram is sunstroke house music there's sun, there's an instagram called sunstroke house it was another fan of the australian band in the uk <laughs> but sunstroke house music and i also have a website that's just sunstroke house okay and i try to keep it fairly up to date right now i've got two or three shows that are I've just signed the contract on one today, and so I have several things to update, and another one I just confirmed this week. So as soon as I get things confirmed, there's a ticket vendor that I use. So I put the information in, as soon as the ticket link is approved, then Mm -hmm. I put it on my, um, then I put it on my website. All right, and so how long has the sunstroke been going? This is, we, our season is kind of September to May, and this is our third season. Oh, great, cool. I know. So it's been a little over two years, but this really is our third. And I'm almost through booking for the year, so I feel like although this year is, you know, not that, it, it's not halfway through, I feel like yeah. we're about half, we're getting close to the end of the year. Yeah, I'm ready. Like, I know uh, the last show, I got hurt, like uh-huh. I was... The day I was going to buy my ticket, I got hurt the night before. Oh, no. And I was like, well, I'll just catch the next one. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we've got, there's some, our tickets come from, how we do tickets come from different places. And I take no money from any, in fact, I buy the food, I buy the drinks, I pay the ticket fees, I put up the musicians. So 
I do nothing but spend money on the show. And every penny that people give as a ticket is a donation to the artist. And some people, though, have their management says, you have to go through our ticket link, and it's X amount of dollars, and there's no changing that. Mm -hmm. And so there are a couple of services that do that. And when it goes to them, you have to buy the tickets from them. Mm -hmm. They release a set number. And then at times I've been able to beg a little more, but they set it based on what you say your capacity is. So they really don't want to come back and go, yeah. give me 10 more over capacity. And so I'm like, I lowballed it before, you know, can you do this? So, and then the others, I go through a service called Brown Paper Tickets that I set it up and the money goes into a PayPal account and I pay that directly mm -hmm. to the musician. But I do that for two or three reasons. One is, when you do that, it goes into Bands in Town. So if you have a Bands in Town account, you get an email saying a band you like is coming nearby. Okay. And then also, people who want to put it on the credit card can put it on the credit card. And I never have cash. I would much rather pay something ahead of time. And then the other thing is, for most shows, you can go on and say, you can leave me a note, I don't have money, or I can't afford to do this, and I'll, I'll pay the difference mm -hmm. myself. Oh, wow. But then your name goes on a list, and nobody knows that... You know, you basically, yeah, got in for free. So right. you don't have to go to the door and say, "I don't have any money." You know, you can just discreetly yeah. or discreetly email me, and then you get on the cool. you get on the door. So, where does this passion come from? I've always loved music, and I cannot tell you where it came from. I played classical music. I love opera. I love all kinds of all kinds of music, and it just is. Um, always been a, except for like I said when my kids were little and I was in grad school and I didn't listen to new things mm -hmm. mainly just always loved it and there are a lot of musical people in my family like my parents we used to joke about the albums they had two albums I can remember they had um Bobby Gentry and Glenn Campbell we listened <laughs> to that over and over again but we all had record players and we had like the Disney soundtracks uh -huh. and we listened to those and sing but um where I'm a craftsman I'm not an artist I have no creative ability in music where I can technically sit down and learn how to play something but I don't have any creative spark okay okay about just the Columbus Art Council mm -hmm. and art in general you're involved in that as well I right? am on the board I'm on the board of Columbus Arts Council right and so does some of that involve here like some of the art or no no or? it is really separate I would love to see I, I will speak carefully. The artists that come to the Arts Council, there are various ways. Some of them have been, comes from the state, so they're artists that offer grants to travel, and they have, for various reasons, have other artists. But because I'm free to not make money, that I can get a really, really high quality of musician mm -hmm. in that I don't know if you could other ways and so I'm also careful about other for-profit businesses too because mm -hmm. there are just various ways I try to keep from being seen as a competitor to anybody and we have had one unfortunate incident instance where we had a show on the same night as one at the Arts Council but we not now try to coordinate and try to work really hard for that not to happen mm -hmm. and when we do have shows we try to go earlier and then a bunch of us will go to um, their show later, or we'll, or we'll go to the Elbow Room or Zachary's, which would be the main. You know, I say competition, but we think of them as friends, and right. we all try to. If somebody at Tie by Tie is playing, or at you know Zachary's that wants to post it on our um, website, the other kind of conflict is that we don't hire, we don't play local people. We did once when we were starting, mm -hmm. but because of the nonprofit rules, that our mission is to provide a secure way of artists who would not come to Columbus anyway, who mm -hmm. would not come to Columbus, to have a financially secure way to do it, in that we're, we're providing the lodging and the food, but we also have enough of a base that I can comfortably say, with pretty good accuracy, I think you're going to make X amount, and have a guarantee so that they can come in ways that other places, if you're trying to take a profit out of it, you just couldn't do, you couldn't do that. So, um, and because it is, has to be to meet our, the 501c3 rules. And again, we're not there yet. We're mm -hmm. working on the paperwork. Right. That 
um, it has to be educational or, or not educational, but you have to do that purpose. And so for that reason, we don't have local musicians. There are a ton of great, great local musicians, and a lot of them come here. We just can't play. They can't play here. Yeah. And another reason we've never done that is that that's really more competition for um, some of the other venues around, that if somebody is playing there and making X number of dollars, and then they can play here where I'm taking nothing out of it because it's not a business, mm-hmm. then that seems... Yeah, it would make it to where they'd want to try to be here. Right, or just make it not seem, it, I don't know, it just doesn't seem like fair play. So that's not really good. But anyway, they're just trade, trade-offs for everything, but that's kind of been my um, specialty is looking at that. And recently, one of the services I've used, I've seen other artists going to other towns in Mississippi from a service, it's called Undertow music and we can talk I can tell you a little bit more about that but that's a collective of really good art independent artists and they have a house show they have a group that kind of sets up management that sets up house shows and again it's a collective of musicians so that's where we've gotten really good really good musicians come through so undertow they will ask me a lot of times can you have this artist and so we've had great artists that have come from undertow but i've seen recently there have been two other undertow shows in mississippi where they barely sold any tickets so artists in general don't want to come to mississippi if they're they're going to smaller towns jackson doesn't have a great music scene Mm -hmm, it's decent there are some good artists that come but without a core of things even oxford you go see incredible people at proud larry's and there are five people there that they still have a college attitude maybe of that big names will draw big crowds. You can get a gigantic crowd in Oxford that you couldn't in Columbus probably mm-hmm. for a big name, but it quickly goes downhill from there. And that there are a lot of underappreciated artists that would play it for fairly small crowds, but we can, but we'll come here to my house and we'll get 60, 70 people mm-hmm. here to see somebody that because we are saying, we are doing that promotion that maybe in a college town you wouldn't, that said, you know, it's $2 beer, come hear this person. Right, right, And right. so here we are putting it out over, a, I have a system of how often I put out email and stuff on Facebook so that people are getting their videos ahead of time and they're really learning about people ahead of time. But mm-hmm. it, looking at seeing what other places close by of similar size can do, we really are, our mission really is working of bringing musicians into a you know, small town. Mm-hmm. And that was part of the original calculations. As you look at Birmingham, which is where I've always gone to hear music. Bottle Tree was Mm -hmm. my home and my kids' home. I used to drag them and say, corrupting the morals of kids once more as I drag my kids over to. um, We had a routine. We'd go to Taco Casa. We'd go to Bottle Tree to see somebody. Then on the way back, we'd go to Krispy Kreme. I'd let them check into school late the next day. Um, But in a town of 200,000, and you get 200 people at a show for a lot of shows two to three hundred and now that it's Saturn you might get 400 people but you translate that to a town of 20,000 you go can we get 40 people here yes we should be able to get Mm -hmm. we should be able to get 40 people here and that was kind of the baseline and so now 40 is about the baseline and that for other shows um, for bigger shows that we'll do I cut off the one a couple of the ones lately at about 60, but we could have had the Grammy winner, John Paul White, of the Civil Wars. We could have done yeah. two or three shows and, and sold those out. They sold out in a day. So I'm really, really proud of our group and that at first, like I said, I was just like, come to every show. I'll make it worthwhile in food. I'll send you leftovers. If you don't <laughs> like it, you can leave, but you're going to like these people. Right. It's short. It's an hour. And now people look and I look at the distribution there are 10 or 15 people who come almost every time they're just going to be here they're going to change their schedules around it Mm -hmm. they're always going to be here and then you have people who come when they can if they're in town they're not going to change their vacation but they're going to come anytime they can then you have people who listen to who I post listen to and say I like that or I don't like that Mm -hmm. and I love that we have enough people that 
they look at it and they're coming because they want to hear the musician. They, ha- they feel welcome. They have a good time. But they also are really interested in hearing that person. And so just, just like before the show or maybe after, um, is there a time to kind of sit and meet and greet with the artists if you're just out in the audience? They are. And so almost always there have been one or two times that they had to leave fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. But one person I can think of that did, he told me later on, he said, we have got to come back, and he did come back oh, fairly wow. shortly, within a year, and it was one of everybody's favorite things. But they usually, almost always stay around until everybody's had a chance to talk. Uh, they usually we set up a merch table and they sign CDs and chat. And we've had some people who just love the crowd and have stayed for a long time, then go out afterwards mm-hmm. with the group. Several times we've had people who go out afterwards, and we've got people people really beg to come back because they love they love the audience it's just something about the the atmosphere right it's just kind of the intimacy of the kind of a smaller room and being able to pack in here I think so but I think part and too if you're standing here and you're looking and there are people all the way back so it feels full 50 people feels full 60 starts to feel cramped cramped but in a good way but the other thing is I think for any show we have people who like I said, if you're in Birmingham, you have a show, out of a show of 200, you might have 50 people who, that's their favorite artist. They are diehard fans. We translate that to here, it's five people mm-hmm. who know every word of their music. But then I also started something that's listen ahead reward. So sometimes it's cookies, sometimes it's a t-shirt. I have lunch bags that I give out. I'll give you one of those with the name on it. But something to encourage people to come and listen to the artist ahead enough to like know the name of their favorite songs, which has turned out to be a key thing. You have mm-hmm. to tell me your favorite song. And what that does is instead of just listening on Spotify and letting it all run together, when you come here, they say, you can say to the artist, I love the song X. How did you do that? So people come, the artist comes and people will talk about the music oh, wow. from a song level. Mm-hmm. And so instead of being in a either a mob of just traumatic diehard fans fans, or the opposite in some cases people who are up and coming or they're opening for people and they don't know their music either Mm -hmm. way they come here it's a really good mix of people who love them and know every word and there have been musicians I've had to clamp my teeth shut from you know wanting to sing every word along with them (laughs) and then people who appreciate their music and then some people who are honestly like I didn't know you until Jamie said I needed to listen to you, and I think this is great. And there's something about, too, we have a lot of, we have musicians, we have poets, we have writers, we have really creative people in the group. And so when they come, they're people who can talk to them mm-hmm. on a... Um, on that same kind of level. On that same level, in, in a very non-threatening, non... Um, way that the musicians just really like. The next person that's coming in January... She just loved, loved the people who were here. And that was a really interesting thing, too. She's like, I want to come back. So she's come back. The next person as well is somebody who said, usually we don't have a lot of repeats. Mm-hmm. She's been our, the person who's coming in January's name is Soren Bryce, and she's so talented. She's been our only opener. And so she said, she's also been our only person to play the piano. She loved us, and we love her. Yeah. And so she's coming back. The next guy, it's his third time to come. I heard him on an NPR podcast, and they said, he's really obscure. Well, he was in Georgia. I contacted him. He's been twice. He's got an album coming out, and he's on a big indie label. He has one song out. It made like an Amazon top list of the year. I think he's going to be super big, but he promised us he's going to come to our house on that album tour. Who is that? His name is Pony Bradshaw. He's got an Almond Brothers vibe. I think okay. he is just he has a song out now called Ten by Ten. It's his only posted thing. I think he is supremely talented. And then the next person after that is Sarah Shook and from Sarah Shook of the Disarmers, who I'm just she's somebody that I just messaged her management. I said, I'm a fan. If she comes through, can can she stop here? And she's driving they're driving from Atlanta to Denver. Mm-hmm. She's in a five piece band, they've got a road person, and so having a place to stay with 
the band, which is expensive otherwise. We're feeding them. They're doing a show. Mm -hmm. So there are different ways that I um, get people, but we have almost everybody that I can think of that's played has that's kind of been an independent person has asked to come back. Where did this heart cultivate to, because this is some of the things that we do on the, the podcast mm -hmm. on the regular, if we try to bring new artists or maybe something mm -hmm. that you haven't heard to the table, where did, where did that heart cultivate? I, re I read something really sad to me is that at a certain age, like at 35, people quit listening to new music, that they only like what they like in there, even maybe through college. Mm -hmm. But I love, love new music, love hearing new things. The person behind you, Steph Chura, she has one album that was out in 2017. Yeah. Young, different. I just thought she was super, but in everything, I'm all, I love learning new things. I love trying things. And, um, but there's just so much good music out there when mm -hmm. you open up your heart to it. And I spent a lot of time traveling. And a lot of times by myself, I begged people to go. You know, I've had a lot of pity dates to shows. My husband will not drive to Birmingham and go stand at Saturn and listen to a show. For, but I have friends and relatives and kids that I would drag yeah. to different places. And so some of those people that I would have traveled to see, they play here. It's a lot more work, but it's a different kind of work. Mm -hmm. And once you've done this, I a couple of times there have been a couple of moments more than that they're just magical when we've had like sing-alongs and as I told one artist I'm the middleman I'm not creating I'm not I'm responding but I'm not a group of people right but when that happens it's like this is amazing and people will drive down the road and say I'm listening to so-and-so CD or this was my top Spotify thing and building a community in a place where I haven't always fit in and having people who are bringing people together like who are like-minded and also because of the setting we eat for an hour we listen for an hour you can make small talk with anybody for, it's not like going to a cocktail party where you are everybody stares at you when you come in right. you're here you can talk about the artist you can there's some people you know from the show there's some new people it's a congenial group and there's just a camaraderie here that mm -hmm. I've enjoyed people who live in my neighborhood who I didn't know and when mm -hmm. people say I moved to Columbus and thought I would never find any cool person to listen to music to and I will I listened to a lot of the NPR Tiny Desk uh -huh. and I don't know if that's kind of the same feel as this a lot of it has been we um We've done music festivals. We've been doing. I go to Birmingham a lot mm -hmm. to catch shows and uh, Tuscaloosa Amphitheater. I'm ready when they get this amphitheater going over here yeah. to see who that'll draw. But just like you said, it's magical. And I mean, like once you go, even if you aren't familiar with the artist, uh, the experience you take away from it is worth it. And what I've learned too is what I tell people is that: Do you want something free? What's free is coming ready for that show. You listen to that artist ahead. Mm -hmm. You know what they want to hear. What I've done, too, is... La I don't know if you've ever gone to setlist.fm, but it tells you what artists have played historically or what they played at their last shows. And so I'll build a playlist so that it's like the top 20 shows that, songs they play most often. Mm -hmm. So when people come, they're ready to hear to those hear. songs. And that makes a difference, too, but it's that magical feeling mm -hmm. of... Whatever, but a lot of ours have played Tiny Desk. Concerts have been... We had Liz Brazier this year, who was a sling... What they call their slingshot, NPR slingshot. They pick one person from every part of the country... From different parts of the country. Okay. They say, this is going to be somebody really big this year. And she was the one for this year. Cool. Which is pretty amazing. Yeah, I know we've had other people who have done Tiny Desk concerts, and NPR seems to be a common place. We've had a lot of NPR first listens, which is another really impressive... Um, thing a lot of pitchfork reviews uh, so I've tried to educate people on you know if somebody has an album that's reviewed by pitchfork unless they just get a dismal rating but that's a big deal it really is and so we had a guy Richard Buckner that came here and he was one person that was very un unassuming and you at the pictures he doesn't have a lot of promo but Boney Bear 
uh, dedicated his last album to him. He, uh, wow. I know. And so he had been, he had several albums reviewed by Pitchfork. And so I'm telling people, I was like, He's kind of a big deal. He's a big deal to musicians. He's not everyday name, but he's the one person that people I know from all over were going, wow, how did you get him? Mm-hmm. Like, came and played to 25, 30 people. It was this kind of a small crowd. But um, yeah, to do that kind of thing and have people later on, what I really like is later on people go, I heard so-and-so on the radio and we heard him at your house. Or I, I was listening to a show. This is an, we had a guy named David Lunning who's been a real favorite. And he was... Um, he had a song on Nashville and on some other show and two or three people said I was listening to you know watching TV and I heard the song come on mm-hmm. like, yes the fact that we're kind of on an early stage which is sounds super hipstery to say oh I knew them before they were cool but <laughs> it really is to say we supported this person and we told and I've had more I had somebody this summer who wrote me back and said I was so um, it, it was so rough and you all made me feel like I was loved and supported and gave me kind of the um, incentive to, to you know, keep at things. This person was having a really, he had a lot of bad things happen to him, you know, mm-hmm. kind of, his car broke down when he was leaving on tour and just the stuff and oh, to wow. come and have this feeling of kind of acceptance and quiet appreciation and mm-hmm. some of the bands we have may not want quiet appreciation. I've joked that I want to build a stage somehow so that people can... Um, <laughs> get on a stage so we can stand up. I don't know if that's going to work. And sitting down is weird at first, but yeah, it, it, that feeling of being appreciated. Yeah. But also building your audience, that there are people who've said they get paid for, you know, an hour's worth of work. And I've told, this is over again, those are the hardest working people to get here. They've driven 12 hours sometimes. They mm-hmm. have... We've had people who've left here and then camped to get out to a festival because a festival, South by Southwest, we've had people who are leaving going South by Southwest or other big festivals, they pay almost nothing. And so you have people here who are making money to make it to the next stop, to sleep in their car, to make it to somewhere where they might make it big. So these are extremely really hardworking people who mm-hmm. come. We've had people bring their own food. And I was like, you don't have to bring your yeah, own food. We'll Just food tell me what that. you want. Well, we try really hard to make them feel very welcome and appreciated and make it a magical experience for both people so it sounds uh, like it's just as good for the artists as it is for i the, hope it is it's not audience. going to be that way for everybody you know they're yeah. going to be people who will say not enough people knew my music or whatever but i've never heard every single show i always say afterwards what could we do to make it better how could we change mm-hmm. this and if you don't want to tell me now email me now and i've had people say oh there was nothing they all should be like this and this past week, one of my favorite people I had played recently, his name is Eric Elbogan, and he's with the band Say Hi, and he has 12 albums out. He's out of Seattle. Just a great, great musician. He was on the um, JV Club podcast and talking about going to house shows, which is really interesting because he was talking about this tour. Okay. And he said normally he comes back from tours, and it was his first living room tour, house show tour. And he said normally he comes back just exhausted. He said he came back from this just invigorated by cool. that he came back feeling really good and that he's going to come back out again. And um, so I like that was very good to hear from the other side to have people say, mm-hmm. not just to our face, but to go back and say. Yeah, on a podcast and yeah, the whole and a national podcast and say, yeah, we really had a good time at all the shows. And well, let's talk about the start, like the, the very first show. Uh-huh. How, uh, how nerve wracking, or how did the preparation, or like, well, how did you, how did you go to figure out how to do it? Well, in retrospect, it was a really good move, but I had Danica and Jeb come. Who you see their poster there? Mm-hmm. They're part of a service, and it's the a service that Bob Raymond, who also does shows here, he uses them. They're the the most established, kind of reputable place. The artists they have know what they're doing. The hosts know what they're doing, and as they combine them, it's a super reliable experience. Mm-hmm. So I didn't realize they'd come to Columbus before, but I put my name out there. I said, I'm looking for September of 2016. And so they contacted me, and they're just a really likable band. They've been like on serious coffee house stations, so it's that kind of music. It's not, they had at the time, they were doing really well with the George Harrison cover. So it was music that everybody could really like. 
and they were so professional and gave me great, great tips on mm-hmm. things. And some of the things they told me there were don't have people who only do house shows, which was a really good tip because there are some people who just do that circuit. And it's just a different kind of music. A lot of them are super high-quality musicians. They just have a different style of engaging maybe with people. It's more of a storytelling style that uh, that tends to do that. It just wasn't my thing. They also said, you're only as good as your last show. That really stuck with me. And so for the year after that, I had some people I didn't truly believe in. It was, for various reasons, I was like, I need somebody here. This is the best I can do. Mm -hmm. As we built an audience, and I would say, I think everybody's going to like this person. But it wasn't always who I thought. I'm going to love that person. And in retrospect, they were great experiences. But at a certain point, I'm like, every single person I am over the moon about having. Just so excited about having everybody since then. As I've built up enough people to be able to do that, mm-hmm. that has been that was a transition. But they gave, I owe a lot to them. They came back last year and did a Christmas show. And oh, I cool. just owe a lot to them for having that just great performers. So the first people, too, one thing about house show musicians, too, is they tend to be really, really good performers. I guess that may have been what I was trying to say before. And okay. I'm, I look for people who may be great musicians, even if it doesn't, they may come in front of a group and be awkward mm-hmm. or not have great banner. But by having a different kind of group where I really prep people to be ready for that artist, then it works to have people who, again, they may just be weird we've had weird people who came but i thought they were great musicians and a good experience but not your typical mm-hmm. not your typical house show person so that was a that was a good that was a big help and since then i did now i do some from various services like undertow posts we need people from here here and here john paul white actually came from an australian group that i knew because they had hosted my australian band that i liked but the others just messaged them and said, I'm a fan, I have mm-hmm. house shows, this is about what we do, I can provide X, X, and X. We have a you know attentive crowd if you're interested. And so that's how I get a lot of people to. And so when the idea started bouncing around and you got ready to kind of share it with family and mm-hmm. friends, was it supportive or kind of, that's kind of a wild idea? Well, my husband and I had been to Bob Raymond's show, so we knew the general type of thing, but I also built, had these ideas is to numbers and I came at it with a pretty systematic view that by this time I want to have X number of people on my mailing list I want to have X number as a base so that I can attract certain numbers during a week certain numbers on a weekend Mm -hmm. and it was experimental if we can't do this then we just stop doing it Mm -hmm. but I had support but I built it kind of a coalition of local people who I thought could would come and my husband doesn't love music but he loves to be in the kitchen and he has several of his friends who come regularly Mm -hmm. and so they'll chat and he'll clean up and do that so he's found his place I think he enjoys the social aspect of it more okay and some of the music but not the same level of intensity that I do so my kids in fact my daughter was on a podcast called relevant I don't know if you're familiar with that it's a pretty big podcast but she um, was the listener of the week and they asked three things about her and doing house shows was one of them. So I listened to her take on it. It was pretty funny. And it was like, I never know if I, if I want to come home and mom's like, how's there going to, there's going to be a bass player in your room. But uh, (laughs) my, I have a niece and that loves it. My sister comes and loves it. And so my kids love it. My daughter-in-law does the door every time. So I think they really enjoy it. And it is, so much work I've learned a lot about the food the first time was panic I did uh, homemade pizza mm-hmm. and it was so much work and so much work to get it out on time and then the next thing I did something crazy in terms of just what had to be and I really didn't intend to do real meals every time I was like we're going to just end up with pizza but somehow people love the food love dessert I've ended up doing food but I've also learned Dessert is what people really like. You know, there are one or two things. You can't have five spectacular things. You do one thing that people really like. Mm-hmm. Maybe two. That they're going to talk about and come back for. Or, yeah, and then, or enjoy. Yeah. And the, they're just people who come for the food. 
That's okay. They that, pay the musician, and the musician gets just the same. Yeah, well, that's great. Yeah. All right, so with the future coming up, 501c3, getting mm-hmm. ready to be a nonprofit, and as you're going to come up on 2019, what are, what are some of the goals for the Sunstroke for the coming year? I really would still like to build the base a little bit more that we're probably about 10 people away from what I would love to have without working so hard. Right now, I really, really work hard at it, and I would like to do that. There are just some communication things. There are still people who don't understand. It's not how it works in terms of they'll say, oh, I'm so sorry, I didn't, haven't been in a bunch of shows. I don't really care. If everybody on my list came once every five or ten shows, that would be great. We'd have a nice crowd. We were way less diverse than I wanted to be. We started out with a pretty strong age and racial diversity because that was a big thing. We have lost some of our MSN students that were the youngest that came. And we still have plenty of young people, but they're more college and mid-20s and up. And then we've lost some of the racial diversity. Part of that is because I don't have the expertise probably in music that's more widely appealing, that I have expertise in a narrow range that's probably not Mm -hmm. as universal. And I really, really, that is just a... Some of my friends have have faced an undue burden that every time it's like, you have to come, I can't, you know, that to these shows we've got to ask your, you know, whatever, I just want more young people or I said more racial diversity. And so that's really a big goal of mine that I don't always know how to do. And the artists are really good. I just having people I just love. And I, I'm sure there are other times there are a few more people that I've seen I watch where they tour, and I'm like, well, they're going to be in Birmingham this mm-hmm. day, in New Orleans this day. So I still have a few people. I won't even say who they are, so I don't want to jinx it. Um, <laughs> but I have people I'd really like to play. But there are other things such that I did not expect, such as just the friendships I've made with people. Mm-hmm. And also, like we've had artists that are passing through that call, hey, can I stay at your house? And I like that. I've, I like being a place where kind of having my house open Mm -hmm. and part of it is I really am an introvert and I like to kind of be by myself but there's something about having people here and hosting people eating here but Mm -hmm. but it's narrow it's a you know one evening every four to six weeks that it just suits me it just makes me really happy and I'm just going to keep doing as long as it makes me happy it's just made me really happy all right so just questions for you and questions for the audience and just kind of get people engaged if there was one artist alive or dead that you have seen or haven't seen or we can do a three okay top three if that's easier um who would those be that i would like to go see or that i would like here let's do both okay i'm really really sorry that i ended up because it was just a hassle Prince canceled some shows and rescheduled. He's number one on my list. And when he rescheduled, I was in Raleigh, and I could have made it to Atlanta, but I was like, I'm just gonna, I would have to change my flights, whatever. It turned out to be one of the last two shows that he did. So I'm so sorry. I have regrets over the people I haven't seen, of course. David Bowie. Just okay. sick I didn't see David Bowie. And those two really, it's hard after that. Those are just people I love mm-hmm. that I would really like to see. And of course, uh, Freddie Mercury that I wish I'd seen Freddie Mercury did you go check did you go see the new film not yet I'm dying to I haven't been able to get anybody to go with me <laughs> I think like that somebody will I, I would love everybody I know seen it and I'm dying to go see it so. they all like it hmm? did they all like it? oh the yes they lo- loved it so yeah. but those are the three I would like to see I even hate to say who I'd like to have here because it's but my my two favorite bands I love Augie March from Australia mm-hmm. and the Lead singer has played house shows through this place called Parlor Gigs in Australia. Parlor Gigs is also the group that got the John Paul White show. I'm going to Australia in February, and they've asked me to come talk to them about the U.S. kind of house show cool. scene. So I'm going to go talk to that group, and I'm going to try to get them to to say if he'll ever come here that I'd like to do that because. I think he's just a really great musician. I also love the band Titus Andronicus, and the lead singer is so interesting. His name is Patrick Stickles, 
and his shows are mesmerizing to me. They're okay. very, it's kind of a punk atmosphere that's very open, and there's something about most of the group that comes. It's all ages, it's all kind of, you are not judged if you know every word of every song. It's, uh, I've taken so many people, and like my daughter's like, I, I refuse to go to any more of their shows. And my cousin who's gone to, with me to several has said, I like them now, but I'm not gonna admit it. So I've been to <laughs> both of those, I've seen a lot. And I think that would be a really fun thing too, because mm-hmm. not so much that I want to have them here, is I would love to have my friends with me to say, these are the people I like. Don't you like this person too? Right, right, right. And so there's something about that I think would be those would probably be my um, top two. But again, I've seen people this year. I look at my list. Oh, I know the other band I really, really would like to have here. Not because they're my favorite, but it's a band called the Cactus Blossoms, and they have one album out, and it's the one thing my husband and I both love. Okay. They have a kind of Everly Brothers sound. Yeah. They had a okay. song called Mrs. Called Mississippi. Mm-hmm. That was on the um, oh, it was on a soundtrack. Now I can't remember what it was, but I just think I would I would really really like to have them come play. I think people would just be blown away by them. But Sarah Shook, who's coming is, again, is somebody I love. If it works out April and May, I have two people I've asked to come that have tentatively said yes that I would really like. So I just think everybody has been. Some of the people that I've met were not who I thought, thought I would like. Every single time I think this next person's going to be a jerk. There have been several people I've thought, oh, that person for sure is a jerk. Not one single person. Nobody has been anything. And you realize they're making their living cooperating with people. They're making their living interacting Mm -hmm. with people. Even if it's a total front, they are behaving in a way that makes everybody in the audience feel good. Because somebody can be rude to me. I don't care. But I don't want somebody to come in and be rude to, to the, the audience, yeah. and or to and people put up with all kinds of stuff. You know, the person drinking out of their purse on the and getting you know having too much to drink. We mm-hmm. try to keep things you know fairly under control, or somebody who talks too much. Everybody's known how to handle them and been kind and thoughtful artists in a way that I've just found very rewarding. Mm-hmm. My three. That I could see Prince number one, yeah, hands down. Uh, number two would probably be Chris Cornell. Oh yes. And uh, I hate he's gone. Oh, I know. We lost a lot of people this, this year. We did. We sure did. Not just artists, just people in general. Yeah. But and then number three, oh man, I might have to come back to that one. But those yes. two are like way up there. Yeah. And I, I don't care which Chris Cornell would be. I mean, you could give me just Chris Cornell by himself. Um, or Audio Slave or Soundgarden, it wouldn't matter to me. You know, that's funny because I came to him kind of late, but I never felt compelled to see, to see him, although I love his recorded music. I don't mm-hmm. know. And I like his, there was an album of his, if you said the name, I'd know it, that was just by him. It Higher was, Truth. No. Wasn't Higher Truth? Mm-mm. It was. And so I love that album. I just about wore it out, <laughs> but not in a way that made me want to see him. But there's something about seeing people live that is, and some things is watching the band members interact with each other. Mm-hmm. That's you see this, and and also like I saw Angel Olsen at Saturn last year. That's probably one of the people that I was so amazed by seeing live because her voice on records it sounds fairly. It's a, she's a great songwriter and her, her voice is beautiful, but you hear her in a live setting. Her voice not only does it the room it is every note is it's wonderful perfect perfect and I love a lot of musicians that do not have perfect voices but hers was just amazing and so you just don't know until you hear it and I imagine Chris Cornell's voice was like that that he could just fill you know, up that that uh, fill up a room I misspoke I wanted to uh, fix right here and so the the last show that he had played Chris Cornell was Soundgarden. He was clearly off, and so with that, he was stumbling and fumbling around the stage. It was reported, and there was a lot of singing the wrong words and not knowing the words and counting on the audience to know the words, and he was getting uh, more and more agitated and frustrated and eventually led to an early walk-off. And so that, that's kind of the, the tale of the tape. But 
and the next morning you wake up and he's not there anymore. So, but it's interesting to see how he was 52, and so he had been, you know, grunge early, late 80s, early 90s, and 2000, having a presence for such a long time, and and look where it, I couldn't imagine what it's what it's like. That to me, that that's one of the interesting things in talking to musicians is seeing how they go from young people who the world adores and then how do I keep this up how do I make a living mm-hmm. how do I make peace with the fact that it may be my first album it may be my 10th album it may be you know that it's gonna everybody's gonna love but how do I have integrity within myself and how do I turn out things that I love and so we've had people here who have done just phenomenal jobs of putting out mm-hmm really good music and that's the other thing I don't I don't think I would have somebody it was like well I like them for something they did back in you know this time and just mm-hmm. want to play the hits everybody's come and had new things that are interesting and they have but again that story of you know people will sit and tell you how they're I just had to put my mom in a one person you know or my mom is going to have to go in nursing home she has Alzheimer's or that my parents are moving and I stay with them sometimes, you know, where I'm subletting an apartment in New York and just kind of seeing how people live and what is just a different life and hearing people open up in a way that you just wouldn't otherwise. And you realize people are either on musicians or either on tour with a band in which they're with other people all the time mm-hmm. or else they're kind of by themselves and lonely and just talking, I think sometimes to normal people, is interesting for them and for us it's interesting to hear them talk about it's just some know, of the things going on maybe struggles or things that we would have never thought about or in, in, in just interesting things mm-hmm. you know and it's and to realize just again how hard they work for somebody you really admire and um, an album you may pick up and listen to over and over and over again and to realize it's not magic that's been another thing that's been really inspirational to me is you realize they clearly have something most people don't have <laughs> Clearly, mm-hmm. but it's not magic. They sit down and they write. There are people who have said, uh, in fact, say hi. The guy, Eric Elbogan, was talking about house shoes. He said, I love it because they're over early. You know, you can go back. There are people who, like, I write every day from X time to X time. This mm-hmm. way I can go back to my hotel, get a good night's sleep. A lot of them stay here, you know, get up and think or write or do something in a way that, uh, is disciplined. It's not just sitting around and waiting for something to. I know a, a lot of things about artists, and it's interesting. One of my favorite bands growing up was Incubus. Uh, oh, yeah, I saw Incubus before. I yeah, love Incubus. I saw them um, this past May in uh-huh. Memphis for the Bill Street Music Festival, and that was great. But it ain't, it ain't the Incubus that, you know, right. I, I grew up with. I knew that going in. Oh, sure, yeah. And I still stand by their early records, oh, yeah. and there are people who make fun of them. But I'm like, "Wish you were here," and some of those other oh, things. Yeah. I'm like, "Yeah, that's quality." I remember the Fungus Among Us album, you know, back before that. Yeah. I mean, that was good. It was real funky. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. so uh, anyway, people can make fun of them, but yeah. I think that I think that their older stuff stands the test of time. Yeah, and I know, like, what my favorite indie band is my favorite band overall, mm-hmm. um, Band of Horses. Yeah, I saw them. Open for Avery Brothers in Tuscaloosa. I was there. I was on the right up close to the front. I may have been shoving and you And what was way. crazy to me is they opened, but they were the show. Like, Avery Brothers put on a great show, but Band of Horses, to me, put on... They, they had a really good show. They Their light it. show mm-hmm. and all that was really and they good. they had the sheep in the background on the projector. Yeah, that was really good. <laughs> That's crazy you were at that yeah, show. Yeah, I was. The first time I saw them... I was uh, down recording with Dennis McKay. I don't know if you're from. He does. He has a little studio over on Old 82 down mm-hmm. here. And he knew I was getting ready to go to the Bill Street Festival. And he's like, "While you're there, I don't know. They're toward the bottom, but he said you need to go see Band of Horses. Mm-hmm. You'll love them." And he wrote see, down. See, that's it. the ones I want to see. I always start at the oh, bottom yeah. and work oh, back yeah, up. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because those are the ones that are hungry, right? Well, normally it's the ones I like. It's <laughs> yeah. the ones who are just, you know, at that point. They're so. unknown, you know, they're not the headliner. And he was like, check them out. And he, he sent me a couple of links to a couple of their songs. Mm-hmm. We went and watched them. And we left. Um, one of my favorite hard-hitting bands is Chevelle. Mm-hmm. I don't know that. And we, we watched Chevelle play half their set. And um, the guy I had with me, he's a huge Chevelle fan. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, I'm leaving. If you want to go, cool. 
not see you later. Mm-hmm. But the band I want to see is across the whole place. Mm-hmm. I got to go. I don't know Chevelle. They had, oh, they probably got seven, eight albums out now. Really? Mm-hmm. What kind of music is it? It's, I can't call it metal. It's just, it's heavier, um, just hard rock. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, uh, they would, they kind of be with relative to the Incubus, like maybe the Wish You Were Here kind of thing. Yeah. That, um, Breaking Benjamin, I would relate them to them. Mm-hmm. It's it's harder okay. rock. Yeah. Um, it's funny they, when they first came out, they got confused with being a Christian rock band, <laughs> and they completely they was like, no, yeah. no, we, nothing against Christianity. It's just not it's, us. It's yeah. not us. Yeah. Well, we're, we're not we're not affiliated yeah. with that. So that, that was kind of wild. But I mean I. You need to go ahead and separate yourself and figure out who you are. Don't oh, don't let people think what you are and then not be that because they're definitely not that. Yeah. <laughs> well, there are people like me who may be prejudiced against. Uh, sometimes on Christian music, there are times I'm like, this is just not what I want to listen to. But anyway, yeah. there's certainly people who are good and go across that. Yeah, but no. there's an for a long time in my life there was an acceptance of poor quality music that they're like my mom lets me listen to this I'm like that's That's kind of where I am with country music right now well I'm not a country music fan but I think Sarah Shook is so country she is in my mind she has kind of a Patsy Cline vibe but an Amy Winehouse attitude she is just badass she is the best but her the song I first heard that she sang is called Dwight Yoakam and I was like who is this very country but she is so good and a lot of my friends are now they're like you've got somebody country coming I'm coming so you it's not anything I have any expertise in except that indie Mm -hmm. or alt country we've had a couple of other people that kind of fall into that alt country um, thing but once it goes too far down the country road I don't have any expertise mm-hmm. whatsoever. I guess David Lunning Band is kind of just because we're close to Nashville. There are artists who'll come over here four hours, right. play a show, and go back. Or another big thing is we're on the route between Nashville and Austin, and so there are uh, people who will go by through South by Southwest. And usually, if it's country, I'm like, because I don't want patriotic stuff, I don't want religious stuff, I don't want storytelling songs. So I'm like, well, that's a lot of country. Right. So. Yeah. <laughs> It doesn't really fit what we're trying to do here. Huh? No, it just doesn't fit my taste. And those aren't <laughs> things that I dislike because of what they are. I've just learned. Yeah, yeah typically it's just not what it's just not what I end up doesn't go with the musicians I'm interested in. But anyway. <laughs> All right. So just here to tag it again. What are some ways that people can get in touch with Sunstroke and connect with you once again? They um, can. The best way is to go to the website, which is sunstrokehouse.com, and there's an Instagram link. There's a Facebook group that's pretty active. The most most people interact through the Facebook group, mm-hmm. and so that's a really good way to do it. And just look for events. But if your own, if if you do either one, then you can just there's a you can subscribe, send me a message because I do Mailchimp to do a. Uh, mail out for everything and that way you always know what's out there you can unsubscribe if you get too many but I try to send one email out far ahead of time mm-hmm. one the week of and then one the day of or the day before reminding so you won't get millions of emails mm-hmm. but that's Facebook doesn't always send you in everything but I always post it on Instagram as well which is Sunstroke House Music but um, yeah it's everybody should at least just check it I also have a Spotify list where you can hear who's coming up there are just a lot of ways to decide who you want to come see if there's somebody who wants to come that's kind of shy but doesn't want to bring anybody a lot of times people will tell me I'm like why don't you come help me chop salad in the kitchen so somebody has a task and they can um, break in Mm -hmm. to the meeting everybody but it's a really congenial group and so, as far as the seating, do you need to bring your own lawn chair? No, I have chairs in here. I have them in there. I have folding chairs that come out in here. So we seat about 35 in our main room, and then we seat about another 15 or 20 behind it. And there are overflow rooms, depending on who's playing. Mm-hmm. Um, there are. You may want to bring a fan, because after about an hour, no matter what the temperature is outside, after about an hour, you just see... Oh, it's getting hot in here. It starts to warm up. Uh-huh. Um, get all them bodies in here. Get all the bodies in here. The Some people dress up 
but I discourage it. I like people just to come as they are, whatever you have on at the time. Okay. It does not make any difference. There's no, it's, there's no fashion show. And I really honestly want everybody to feel at home because I serve the food. I don't get to visit with people until afterwards. So I like people to come and eat, come to the show, stay afterwards and talk. A lot of times a group of us will go out to Elbow Room or somewhere afterwards okay. and have a a lot of times it's late before I get to do that, so I don't always make that group. But it is people have made good friends doing this and built kind of new networks of people, and so I'm really proud of the audience for a lot of ways of coming, kind of building this community. I'm for it. It made a lot of noise. The Sunstroke did just recently over the past two months, just with people talking about it, like this is something you should go check out because they they know the kind of music I like, and they was like, it's here. It's here. And, and, and people, I think people think, oh, it's, you know, somebody that was passing through with a, you know, guitar and I just said, come on. It is super amazingly high quality musicians. There's never been a musician here that I have not said. I mean, like I said, there have been some avant-garde performances, but every person who's come has been amazing quality and something that even if you don't love it, it, you will be glad you came. It's an hour. There's no intermission. You listen. And if you really hate it, I have six outside doors, and you can leave at any time. And there's no <laughs> shame. I mean, there have been people that said, like from MSMS, they're like, our dorm closes at 9. We have to be back. They slip out. You know, there's just no mm-hmm. judgment as you would in another type of um, setting. A, a, a setting where, you know, there are 10 people there. Because we have a slightly bigger number. Okay. You can stay as long as you can. and But... I really stand behind every musician, and I believe we're only as good as our last show, and that if you listen to people and get an idea, you just can hear after a while the quality mm-hmm. of what we have. They all do original music, uh, except the Celtic performers. A lot of those do traditional, but that's the only people we've had that have not done all, or maybe all but one original music. So. Okay. That's pretty interesting. Very cool. Well, all right, guys, this has been another episode of Porch Talk. Jamie, um, thank you again for sitting thank in with you. me. Thank you. This has been great. I, I love nothing more than talking about house shows and music. So. <laughs> yeah, it was great to sit down and meet you and just come in here and see the sunstroke. Thanks so again. Now you are comfortable to come back? Yeah. All right, news and notes. Even if you live far off, other side of the country, or in another country, and the sunstroke house just be a little difficult for you to get to, well, maybe one day you're in the area and you could, but just on top of that, I'd encourage you just to kind of follow what's going on in social media. It'd be a great way to find some new artists that you're not familiar with and just kind of keep up uh, with what's going on because it's, it's a cool place. It's a cool thing. And so on top of that, uh, with Porch Talk, you can also connect with us on social media. We have a Facebook and Instagram, so I invite you to follow that and kind of keep up with what we're doing, uh, we tr- we've been trying to get do a lot better job of taking more pictures and doing a few more posts to interact more. And so there's that. And on top of that, we also have the Patreon. And so uh, the mission of that is there as well. So if you want to check that out. <sighs> All right. And so I never did finish my top three. And so I had to break it down more. Because I would have loved to seen Lane Staley with Alice in Chains. I would uh, Bradley with Sublime, not so much Rome. And I gotta say, it'd be good to see Bon Jovi. Just get that, get get the get the eighties going, get it get it going right. But anyway, we're gonna close this thing down with. Standing next to me In and out You're somewhere else right now Your side Look away I can see it clear as day You close your eyes So afraid It 
and hide behind that baby face your things and slipped away no time at all I followed you into the hall yes cigarette daydreams well, you were only 17 well, so sweet with a mean streak what well, nearly brought me to my knees Standing in the pouring rain Well, all right. Cigarette Daydreams by Cage the Elephant. This has been another episode of Porch Talk. Thanks again for listening, guys. If you will, subscribe, rate, and review the show. Let other people know about it. Word of mouth is everything. All right, folks, till next time. Peace. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, Visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.